This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 405 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Horselovers.com and Equestrian Endeavors. This week, we have a Horses in History segment for you about old Bob. And then coming up, we have our Listener of the Week, and we head all the way to England for that, Devon, England to be exact. Fiona Crawford joins us from there. And then we have a product review uh, brought to you by Horselovers.com that Helena had a chance to check out. All of that coming up on today's show. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. Bring you the news through hell, hot water While using their tails as their own fly swatters So sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop I'm Glenn the Geek and I'm Helena B., and you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, howdy, Helena. It's so good to be back with you again. It's howdy duty time. It's howdy duty time. Do you remember that show? Yes, I do. I That's, do remember that show. That, that was actually I'm just a little. You're old enough to remember that show. I was going to say, it's barely, I barely remember it. I, I never actually watched it myself, but. You know, it was sort of re- referred to when I was a kid. Uh, we watched it in reruns, just to be clarify. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> saved yourself there, huh? Yeah, I saved myself. Hey, we got a lot of comments from last week's show about the product review, the hay yeah. hoops. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to last week's product review, you might want to go do that. Yeah, if you want to hear Helena get embarrassed, <laughs> which does not happen often or easily. There was a certain amount of discussion on that in the auditor's uh, page. Yeah. So you might want to go back to listen to that if you missed it. It was a chuckle. (laughs) It was definitely a chuckle. So, (laughs) Well, we have a fun show planned for you today. And uh, I did see, though, before we get into that, that your horses were doing selfies. You were posting (laughs) selfies of your horses. And uh, that was fun. I didn't know they knew how to use the camera. Neither did I. Well, you know, I I keep trying to show him how to take pictures and he just doesn't seem to get it. Well, there's this cat I follow on Instagram. Um, It's Manny, the selfie cat. And if you haven't, if you don't follow him, you definitely, if, in fact, I joined Instagram just just so that I could follow this cat. (laughs) I don't know what it is about this cat, but he just takes selfies and that's pretty much all he does. And he's got a couple of cohorts. He's got a few Roddies and, and, some friends, some dog friends that occasionally photobomb his pictures, but I'm completely obsessed. And so <laughs> I was like, I got to teach my horse how to take a selfie. Well, he could be a big star. I got to tell you, we were at the beach yesterday down at uh, New Smyrna Beach, which is below Daytona Beach. It's also a drive on the car, drive your car in the beach beach. And there were these two girls. We were down there with Jennifer's family. So there were maybe 10 of us, and they set up a tent and all this stuff on the beach, like everybody else seems to now at the beach. 
And there were these two teenage girls. They were probably 18, maybe, that were set up right beside us. And Jennifer and I were just laughing all day because we were probably on the beach for about four hours. And I think between the two of them, they took at least a thousand selfies. Oh, God. At least. They had a selfie stick. They were taking selfies laying down, sideways, backwards. And then they had this soccer ball and they were taking selfies, throwing the soccer ball, catching the soccer ball. I have never seen two girls take so many pictures of each other. <laughs> Isn't that creepy? It was just weird. It was weird. It was just so funny. I mean, after a while, it got to, we were just laughing. because It's creepy. It had to be a thousand selfies. I don't know how they had any room left on their phones for, for pictures. That is so creepy. People, <laughs> selfies are, first of all, I don't take selfies. I think I've, I took, I can't say that. I took one and that was two winters ago when it was negative 19 degrees. I remember that selfie actually. He posted it on Facebook. And I, the only reason I took it, (laughs) the only reason I took it was to show how little of my facial skin could be exposed while doing barn chores that morning. Um, But you know, I really think that the whole selfie thing is a creepy concept. (laughs) It's creepy. Now, one or two, I get it. It's just you, your smartphone, and you want to capture a moment every now and again. Yeah, like we took some over the weekend, but with other people, you know. With other right, people. Right. That's an exception. You know, but again, if it's just you, I get it. But because, I mean, I spent a lot of time alone on my farm, and there are all these wonderful moments that I probably could capture if I was a selfie-taking kind of person. Uh, so I think there are exceptions. But man... I don't know. There's we're a nation obsessed with selfies and we are. Oh, I should be the self esteemies. <laughs> well, before we get to our horses in the history segment, uh, we do have to talk about our title sponsor, horselovers.com. Right now there's a coupon code. It's still good through Tuesday of next week, which is May the thirty first, for ten percent off. Use the coupon code HRN for any order that you place. And I'm telling you what, they already have big deals on a lot of different things over there. And it's also fly season. They have fly sheets and fly masks and fly sprays and all kinds of stuff. They have like twenty five pages of fly stuff. But they're having some uh and I've been posting, I don't know if you noticed on the stable scoop page, I've been posting some of the deals of the day. We're talking 65, 70% off some really good stuff. Right now they have lickets. You know what the lickets are for that the horses love at 80% off. They have mountain horse stuff up to 65% off. So you just have to keep an eye on, on the website. It changes all the time. They have deals of the day. We sometimes post them. Also go to their Facebook page because they post them over there every day. And I mean some great bargains. But even if you're not bargain shopping right now and you have a specific specific product that you want, they have the largest selection of stuff online and their prices are terrific. So head over to horselovers.com right now. You'll see all the specials right there on the homepage and their navigation is very easy to follow. You'll be able to find stuff very quickly when you're looking for a bit or coats or jackets or show shirts or or riding breeches, whatever you're looking for, you're going to find them all at horselovers.com. Well, let's get into our Horses in History segment. We're going back in time a little bit. Do you know a horse named Old Bob? I have heard of Old Bob. Well, you're going to hear a lot more about Old Bob. Old Bob uh, was a horse that lived back in the 1860s, and he happened to be owned and was the family horse of Abraham Lincoln. 
Oh, Abraham Lincoln was a big animal lover, you know. Yes, we're going to talk about that, too. I have a little bit about his other animals. Okay. Uh, Lincoln owned several horses, apparently not all at once. Uh, Of course, you know, that's how you got around. So uh, (laughs) he owned uh, Tom, Belle, Old Buck, and it was a reddish-brown horse named Robin, who they called Old Bob. Old Bob, was was, real name was Robin, apparently. As best as historians can tell, he was probably a standard bred. Yeah. That's what they kind of guess he was. Santa Breads were very popular back then because they were at a smooth gait and it was easy to ride. Um, and they're awesome in general. Right, exactly. And they had there were a ton of them back then. Gated horses were very popular during that time. Yeah. Well, they uh, had to cover a lot of territory. Yes. And, and of course, Lincoln, before he became president, was a lawyer and he used old Bob to get around back in Illinois and in Indiana. He was using old Bob. And when he became president, he left old Bob in Springfield, Illinois. He left him back home. Uh, and Lincoln went on to you know, be president for a while. And old Bob was just back, back at the house. He was in his teens then. Well, he brought old Bob to D.C. in April. On April 9th of 1865, old Bob starred in the Union's victory parade after Lee surrendered. So after the surrender, the, these dates are important, on April 9th, 1865, old Bob appears in a parade celebrating the victory, right? Yep. Well, he, uh, he was described by many and during the parade as a splendid old horse of dark bay color with swelling nostrils and the eyes of an eagle. <laughs> Does that mean he was just freaked out? I mean... <laughs> Swelling nostrils and eyes of an eagle means he was just freaked the hell out during the parade. That's what I get out of that. (laughs) Not a parade horse. No. Well, Lincoln was shot on April 15th. You know, I forgot, you know, we all studied history and I've watched a million uh, Civil War movies, but you forget how soon after the surrender Lincoln was shot. He had like no time to enjoy this victory, right? It was two weeks, you know, and uh, Lincoln was shot. And and then, of course, he died the next day. He was mourned at the nation's capital and then was taken by train back to Springfield, Illinois for the burial. In Springfield on May the 4th, Bob, who was 16 at the time, walked behind Lincoln's hearse. Now, they weren't doing the whole stirrup thing, the empty boot boot in the stirrup thing at that point. So, But he did walk behind Lincoln's hearse wearing a silver-trimmed morning blanket, and he was led by the Reverend Henry Brown, who I'll talk about in a minute, who was African-American. Uh, six black horses pulled the hearse, which was borrowed from the city of St. Louis. It was a $6,000 hearse. Now, that's in that day's dollars. So you're, we're talking a $100,000 hearse here in today's money. Wow. It was a very fancy hearse. So I saw pictures of it. So that was pulled by six black horses with black plumes. Uh, and then, Oh, I love when they do the, bl- I love yeah. when they do the plumes. And they I still know do that in England w- with the funerals over there. Yeah. Uh, we have I a mean, friend. I know it's a, it's a funeral thingy, but. Yeah, and the friend that we had, we've so had fun. her on this driving show over in England, actually uses the hor- horses with the black, with the black blankets, you know, uh, covers, and yep. then the black plumes. But that's how they did it. And this procession because they had already done the official mourning in dc this procession was to go to the grave site so but apparently this, this horse old bob had become kind of a a celebrity 
And there were people running up to old Bob during the funeral procession, trying to cut pieces of his tail off as souvenirs. So the pe- the funeral directors and the people involved in the funeral kept having to chase people away who were trying to cut pieces of old Bob's tail off. No wonder he had his eyeballs like an eagle. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now, Old Bob is commemor- commem- commemorated in a statue of Lincoln and Old Bob that's at the homestead there in Illinois. Um, and this was done by a group, a studio, a New York-based studio called Studio EIS. And they apparently spent a lot of time studying old photos and, of, and the clothing he wore. And they studied actual skull shapes and things like that. They, they had a forensic scientist on staff to help them with, to get this statue correct. Wow. They also studied pictures of old Bob and really spent a lot of time on on the statue. And that statue can be seen there. It's a full size statue, and he's in and Lincoln's in his top hat. Uh, Lincoln was six foot four and wore a size fourteen shoe. What? He was a big man. Yes, he was a big guy. I knew he was extremely tall. I yeah, didn't realize shoe. he was that tall. I guess. <laughs> yep. Duh. And with that top hat, made him about seven feet, you know? It's like... No wonder he did so well as president. Nobody would mess with that. So he... Oh, Abe. Yeah, he... um, So old Bob, uh, you know, took... took, uh, Did the funeral procession. And then uh, he was made into a briar. You can get an old Bob briar, and he's wearing the black black funeral garb. Uh, So... And that's still available. You can still find old, old Bob the briar. So I don't know what happened to old Bob. I haven't I wasn't able to find anything in my research about, you know, when he died or how long he lived or anything. Uh, I you know, uh, obviously, you know, notes were not taken as well back then, but uh you know, I'm sure if I dug far enough and into some uh books and documents, we could probably figure out what happened to old Bob. If anybody knows, let us know what happened to old Bob and we'll we'll give an update to the story. The Reverend Henry Brown, who was an African-American who led Old Bob during the uh, funeral ceremony, uh, was a Methodist Episcopal Episcopal preacher. I can't talk today. Say that five times fast. And he apparently worked in various capacities for Abraham Lincoln, not a slave. Abraham Lincoln never had owned a slave in his life. He actually was a paid employee uh, uh, for the Abraham Lincoln family and took care of uh, Lincoln's family horse and, and led that horse in the procession. But he was also well known for being involved in the Underground Railroad. And this was what was said in his obituary, in the obituary of Reverend Henry Brown. Many a poor slave escaping by means of the Underground Railway during the Civil War was helped on his way by Mr. Brown, who acted as a conductor at the Quincy and Springfield stations. His idea of golden rule was illustrated by one instance where he gave his own coat and vest to a poor fellow who was without one. Mm. He and Brown was a native of uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, and arrived in Springfield in 1847. He remained a resident uh, except for a couple of years, and then was buried there in Springfield, Illinois, and had been a friend of the Lincoln families for years. I thought that was an interesting side story to that. Um, Now, Lincoln, what as you mentioned earlier, was a big animal lover. Yeah, Uh, apparently he was a huge cat guy. Loved cats. Matter of fact, Mary Todd was asked what one of Lincoln's for a newspaper article was asked if her husband had a hobby, and Mary Todd Lincoln said yes, cats. So, 
Now, you got to remember, Mary Todd Lincoln was a little nutty. Uh, she had some serious uh, mental issues. Um, I did not know that. Oh, yes. Did you ever watch the story, the, the movie Lincoln that no. was put out recently? You need to watch that. That was an okay. excellent movie. Okay. Um, well, the Civil War is drawing, you know, to, to the end, and Lincoln was out visiting the troops, and he noticed three stray kittens in a telegraph hut. And apparently he picked them up and placing them in his lap. Uh, he, he was cuddling them and everything. And he asked the people about the mom. And when he learned the kitten's mother was dead, he made sure the kittens would be fed and had a good home before he would leave. Oh. So, um, you know, he was really, uh, he was a cat guy. Well, everybody knows the story about Lincoln and the turkeys. That his kids came in to a meeting one time. They had a turkey that they were going to have for uh, for Thanksgiving dinner, which Lincoln started, by the way, Thanksgiving. And uh, Lincoln's son named. Like we didn't have enough reasons to love the guy. He's just got. He just well, keeps getting better and better. Well, he had this turkey that was going to become lunch, right? Um, and apparently, Lincoln's son interrupted a meeting and had named this turkey Tom. Uh, and pleaded with the father. I, to love, grant. I love that Bob the horse, I know, Tom the Tom. turkey, <laughs> uh, and that's where the term Tom, Tom turkey or came from. Yep. Well, they pleaded with Dad to give him a stay of execution, and apparently he took time out of his cabinet meeting to issue an order of reprieve, sparing the turkey's life. Oh, so that's what how a compassionate it, man, and that's how it today the president still spare a turkey every year now we See, eat the other 10 million but we spare the one anyway i i think and it's i love this because i just think i think that it's i don't know abraham lincoln really helped shape the future of our country during his time in and a lot of ways in in so yeah. many different ways i mean we moved ahead leaps and bounds because of him and i love the fact that compassion was the fuel for his engine. Well, that also extended to dogs. He had a dog named Fido, who was a mixed breed, and apparently had floppy ears and a yellow coat. He's probably a lab of some sort. Um, and apparently when the fireworks and cannons uh, went off at Lincoln's victory at, uh, in his election in 1860, Fido was terrified. And it's because he was so terrified, he wanted to get him kind of out of town, away from all the noise. So he had uh, uh, two people named John and Frank Roll were neighborhood boys who promised to take care of uh, Fido. And he, he this is his real name was Fido. His real name was Fido. Fido. Yes. He uh, he told the boys, apparently, this was the rules. He was They were to let Fido inside the house whenever he scratched at the front door. He was <sighs> They were never to scold Fido for entering the house with muddy paws and to feed him if he came to the dinner table. Oh, my so, God. <laughs> so, and Fido, I didn't know this, is Latin for the word fidelitas, which Aww. translates to faithful. Or loyal. Yeah. Oh, my God. President Lincoln, I wish you were still alive. Now I'd we're not done yet. <laughs> but I would write him a letter. And I you know. know what? I'm four. Uh, I'm not going to say how old I am. I'm <clears throat> so many years old. And I would write President Lincoln a letter. And I would be, even at my age, my advanced years, I would wait by my mailbox every day for his reply. 
Well, he also that wasn't it. This place, the White House was a zoo back then. Uh, he apparently what do you mean back then. <laughs> he apparently, yeah, exactly. It's just not with animals anymore. Uh, apparently, there were also two goats on the property, Nanny and Nanco. Oh my God, this just keeps getting better. And apparently, the kids, Tad and Willie, like to hitch the goats to carts or to kitchen chairs and have the goats pull them through the White House. Inside the White House. Uh, Danny and Nanko both like to chew things, and apparently they got in trouble for chewing up the flowers and also for chewing the bulbs that were planted by the White House gardener. So the gardener apparently was known to chase the uh, goats around the White House because they kept eating everything. All right. Well, I mean, come on. Those of us with goats have known. We know that's... The Lincolns also had rabbits and many cats. Uh, They're not sure how many cats, but apparently there were quite a few cats and there were the goats and the dog and you know turkeys and stuff so that was the story of abraham lincoln and all of his animals including including old bob <sighs> so that's my horses and history i just have to tell today. you that that story that series of stories totally made my week well, there you go <laughs> it really did it really really did i you know you think you know something about your history about a pre- president that you uh have an affection for this just put him over the top well, we, we'll have to talk about uh, Teddy Roosevelt's horse at some point too, because obviously Teddy was uh, Teddy was quite influential in, in the in the foundations of everything that is in the United States today, including all the national parks. But, all uh, our founding fathers were awesome. Yeah. Like I don't know what happened. <laughs> there were a few along the way that were interesting characters, but uh, we'll we'll do more on that. And that's our horse and history segment for the month. And you are going to tell us about Equestrian Endeavors, and then we're going to get on our Listener of the Week. Equestrian Endeavors with Stacey Erickson offers a different kind of training program for horses. Many riding horses suffer breakdowns, depression, subpar performance, and overall ill health because of a poor relationship with their riders, whether that's in an unsuitable environment, a bad training program, or some underlying physical issue. Equestrian Endeavors with Stacey Erickson offers a unique new program that focuses on rebuilding healthy relationships between the horses and their riders using classic training methods for horses and something called Equine Incorporated Learning Modules for the riders. Find out more about that at equestrianendeavors.net or you can find them online at stacyerickson.com. It is the year of the listener. And now, our Stable Scoop Listener of the Week. Well, today we go to England for our Listener of the Week, and we talk to Fiona Crawford, who I think has been a listener for quite a while. We'll find out. Hi, Fiona. Hi, Glenn. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for joining us. It's nice that we get to get some of our foreign listeners on the show here. Well, she's only foreign. We're we're foreign to her, Glenn. Well, that's true. Yeah, that is true. Okay, some of our international. Does that work better? Oh, no. that's nice. I like that. You like being like international? <laughs> okay, we'll yeah, go with that. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> How about chic, smart, and beautiful? Listeners? Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you had young in there as well. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And rich. We'll throw in wealthy. Oh, God, I wish. Wouldn't that be great? (laughs) She's an equine equestrian photographer. She's not rich. I know that for sure. Sorry. (laughs) I told you, Glenn. See, Fiona, I said, I'm having one of those days. I could lead you down into the depths of hell and we'll never return. But we actually want to talk to you about 
what you do with horses because you are um, you're an equine photographer, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. What kind of shooting do you do? Well, uh, pretty much anything that has got a horse in it. I've done some random things. I've even done a wedding, but I only did the wedding bit with the horse. I refused to do the rest of it. Um, I'm quite picky. There has to be a horse there for me to actually pick up the camera because I, I prefer horses to people. I think everyone does, really, <laughs> don't we? Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> That's funny. Um, <laughs> we know where we are. We know where we are. So anyway, yeah, so I, I photograph. All sorts. So a lot of my work is at a local race course down here in um, Devon, which is sort of southwest of England. Um, so I cover the race courses down here doing national hunt racing photography, which is brilliant fun. Um, so that's part of my sort of remit. And then I do bigger shows and events. So I do sort of badminton, Burley. Um, hopefully this year I'll get to go to Olympia as well, um, which is fantastic just before Christmas. It's a lovely one to do. And then I do a lot of private shoots for companies that sell equestrian products um, for studs um, for either their websites or if they're trying to sell stocks, so whether they're selling foals or yearlings or newly backed horses, um, anything really. But there just has to be a horse there. And then I'm happy. Wow. Mm. Very cool. So when you do the, so are you hired to go out all the time or do you also do like we're familiar with at shows where we can then buy pictures? I don't really do that. You have to pay me to get out of bed, basically. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) I used to. I used to do a lot of event photography and I do love it, but it doesn't, doesn't make that much money. I imagine that's harder now. Right? Isn't that harder yeah, now? Absolutely. Yeah. So much harder now. And people steal the images. And it's so deflating when you've spent 12 hours photographing people in the pouring rain. And then they go onto your website and they steal the pictures. And you just think, oh, why did I spend 12 hours in the pouring rain? And they don't realize they've done anything wrong. So you can't, it's hard to sort of be really harsh with them because they think that if it's on the internet, then it's theirs to take. So it's a bit of, it's just the situation we're in at the moment. So it'd be interesting to see which way it goes in the next couple of years. Yeah, I know that whole business is kind of in transition right now. Mm, But I like your approach. I'm sure it will find a way. I like your approach to it because essentially the artist needs to make a living. And so you're either going to get paid on the front end or on the back end. And the back end is just completely muddied with, like you said, people stealing images, some knowingly, some unknowingly. But it's almost like trying Mm. to control, you know, dogs from patrolling the fence. You're going to, people are going to do what they're going to do. They don't even know they're doing it. So you almost like, you say it, you know, tongue in cheek, but I think it's a very good approach to take, which is don't get out of bed unless somebody somewhere is willing to pay (laughs) you. And if it's a show organizer, well, then let them be worried about recouping whatever their costs are. Exactly. Exactly. I like to have some kind of commission so that I know that I've been paid for my day one way or another, whether it's for a sponsor or something. And then anything else I pick up on top is great. But yes, I have to be because I have to support, you know, my horses. I have to support them. I need to make sure I get paid. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, now, so I'm I'm oh, looking through your portfolio, and and there's such a nice variety of of images. Do you have I don't want to say a favorite, but is there a particular type of event or scenario that you t- you find um, gets you more excited or really taps into your creative eye more so than any of the others? 
it would be definitely my porch chill when I go because I um, people phone me up and they book me to go to their yards or wherever they keep their horses and photograph them with their horses and it's very much uh, about the relationship that they have with their horse and those I love because although you kind of give them a mini interview on the phone and say you know what kind of horse it is what do you do with it and you get a kind of feel for the place and, and what they want from this photo shoot and then you get there and it's completely different but it's so challenging and I love the fact that you never know what you're going to be put in front of and then you've got to make something beautiful from it and I love that challenge whereas going to the bigger sporting events you've kind of seen all those pictures before it's just different people riding those horses over different fences whereas the creativity of my side really comes in with the portraiture I just love it you just never know what you're going to get and it's so much fun you have one um, that's posted on your website, and it's a lovely young woman who's dressed casually, but she is on a stunning flea-bitten gray who is striking the most beautiful pose. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I find striking about this image is that she is very casual, but her her position is it speaks so loudly to those of us who do ride because she's tight in the tack. Her horse is uh, well-conditioned. He's handsome. It could be a she. Um, you know, mm. she's she's ready to go, and but yet she mm. has this smile that's very appreciative, almost like she knows what she has, and she appreciates the yes. fact that you're capturing it. Yes, and I do. I spend a lot of time with them, and I always say to them, "There's no time restraints. It's all very relaxed and calm." And after the first ten minutes, they really get into it because we never make enough time for our horses. We're constantly going there to groom them, going there to feed them, going there to take them out for an exercise. And and I think to actually spend two hours with them, just preening them and just cuddling them and just being with them, the horses really love it. And so do the people, you know, that I'm photographing because it's special for them and it's capturing a moment that you know might be gone soon. You just don't know. Yeah. How about your horses? <laughs> Did you have to ask me about <laughs> I, I've got two. I've got a little retired Highland pony who is just an angel. He's divine, and if I could gobble him up, I would. He's just gorgeous. What's his um, name? He's retired now. He's called Riff Raff. <laughs> Riff Raff the Highland pony. <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> but he's far from Riff Raff. He's just beautiful. He's a stunning little Highland pony, and I've done everything with him. And we used to breed Highland ponies years ago because I am Scottish. The name might have given a bit of that away. Um, but uh, we used to breed Highland ponies, and he was the one that we just couldn't sell. He was such a swine. He was just. He was so naughty. Every time someone came to try him out, he'd put them on the floor. So um, my dad my dad said when I was leaving home, oh, just take him. Just take Riff Raff. Just take him. I didn't want him staying here. You take him with you. So I did. And he's just been so much fun. And I would never have usually had a pony, but he's just been awesome. Absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, he's my wife. I don't know anything about have, owning a naughty pony and how much fun that is. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Oh, I'm making up for it now because I've got Roly Poly, who is my problem horse, who I got when Riff Raff retired. And I've sort of had 21 years with Riff Raff being an absolute angel and never having a day of being sick or sorry or causing me a problem and doing whatever I asked of him. We'd be like, yep, first in, I'll do that for you. This one, I've had three years of hell. <laughs> he just questions everything I've done. He's tried to kill himself. He's tried to kill me. He's tried to do everything he possibly could. And I'm like, oh, it's because I had 21 good years with Riff. I'm making up for it now. It's a bit of karma. 
That's why a lot of, well, I don't know if Helena's one of these, but that's why a lot of couples I know have the first child, and the first child is like an angel, is really good, and they say, I'm not having a second, because uh-huh. I know the second yeah. one's going to be a total it. jerk. Oh, yes. <laughs> you kind of did that. It. I mean, you ended up with a really good one first, and then said, oh, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> Stick with, <laughs> stick with the good Very one. Very wise. <laughs> I guess if you then does that mean that the the people who have like four or five, the first three or four are total jerks, and they're really trying to get one good. You know, so, is that what they, if we again flip again. that? <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah, have no. you actually done anything with Roly Poly, or just tried to survive? Oh, just try to survive. My daily my daily chore is trying to survive. Um, he's getting there. He's getting there, but it's not been easy. I've only been riding him for six months. Um, he's been sent away to be back twice. Um, he's, um, he's a slow learner. What kind is he? What breed? Uh, he is an Irish draft, which I thought was supposed to be lovely, uh, crossed with a thoroughbred. Because I thought for a bit, I wanted to invent him. That was my plan. And I saw this beautiful liver chestnut, unbroken four-year-old in the field and went, wow, he's gorgeous. He'd make a perfect event horse. And um, I brought him home and tried to back him and he took me in hospital. So I sent him away to be backed by someone else. And then he poisoned himself in the field. Uh, so he had liver damage for a year. And then I sent him away last summer and the guy actually managed to get on him and ride him away. So I've been riding him for six months now. And everything is good on knocking on wood. Well, you know, <laughs> I don't. Set that my answers hopes. that question. You don't need to say anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't like to set my hopes too high. I should have just left you keep that the bar low. <laughs> you keep the bar low, and then you achieve it. I, every day is kind of a, a step towards my goal. I don't look at the bigger picture anymore. You know, it'll be fine. Okay, so then I have a question for you. I know you're married, and okay. I, I know his name is yeah. Jeremy. Is he more? Mm-hmm. Is he more like riffraff or roly poly? Oh, he's like riffraff. He's oh, good. Angel. Oh, good. Okay. I'm glad to hear that. He, yeah. <laughs> best horse. Thank God. Now I can only cope with one nightmare in my life, and that's roly poly. Is he? Uh, was he non-horsey when you married him? Very. He was non-animal, non-horse, non-anything. Yeah, it's um, it's been a huge learning curve for him. And he's still with me, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> and how many years? 18 years. Oh, well, oh, he's not bless. going anywhere. You're good. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's going to hang around. I hope so. <laughs> this, horse, this horse might be the, you know, the, the um, what do they say, the straw that breaks the camel's back. I think the horse might be, because he does worry a lot about this new one. Ah, well, I, the fact that you said his horse, that, that just tells the story right there. <laughs> he has a horse. You know, someone coming into a horse world, into a horse woman's world, without any kind of animal background, and then ends up with his own horse. That's love. That's oh, no, sorry. Love. No, he, he, uh, he doesn't. No, he doesn't have a horse. He wouldn't. He's, uh, he's allergic to them. Sorry. He um, oh, was saying that this horse gotcha. is the one that will break Oh God, he's worried about this horse. I've had Jennifer's owned a few of those I wanted to take out in the backfield. I can keep dreaming. Yeah, I can keep dreaming. (laughs) (laughs) What's the most adventurous place you've ever ridden? I'd say I have to have a think about this. I think it would be I was lucky enough to ride around um, the pyramids in Egypt um, outside Cairo, and I was lucky enough to ride a gorgeous Arabian stallion, um, and that oh, was wow. pretty good. And when you set those up into a gallop, I've never felt as like it. It was it was out of this world. So that was yeah, that'd be it. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's yeah, something not too many people are going to get to do again because of all the trouble. No, there. right? Exactly. We were over there. About 19 years ago, so it was 
that sounds awful. My husband used to work in travel, uh, and there'd been a, a massacre at Luxor. So um, he was getting cheap deals to go to Egypt <laughs> because no one wanted to go. So uh, so we went. And that's so you I were like, I'll go. Do I don't care if I get shot yeah. at. It's all right. <laughs> well, our philosophy was is that it just happened, so therefore they're, you know, they'd be really keen and really really looking after us and they were they couldn't have been more happy to see tourists coming back so it was um it was lovely to go and we were sport rotten so we got to do a lot of things that other people weren't at that time and also like you say you know i think it was a very special moment in time really yeah and again a lot a lot of people are going to get to do it from now on mm. <clears throat> unfortunately and uh mm. how did you hear about us over there in england the horse radio network um so i think it might have been i think it might have been through the Equestrian Network, the Photographers' Question Network. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the name of the lady who. But we, she, I think we had an her on a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I think I, there must have been something posted on her website, which got me to you. And then I've just been listening. It must be two or three years now. Just love it. It's good well, fun. Good. Well, good. We appreciate you listening. Thank you. And you're an auditor <laughs> too, right? I am. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Just a little one, but every penny counts. Just a little auditor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, auditors are, are big in our eyes. Oh. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for the rapid-fire questions? And again, to remind okay. you, we are speaking to Fiona Crawford, Auditor Fiona Crawford, out of Devon, England. Are you ready, Helena? I'm ready. Shoot. Okay, Fiona, <laughs> what is your favorite food? I'm going to go with falafel. Are you familiar with that? Falafel. That's falafel? A, is that a Greek dessert? <laughs> Not quite. It's uh, a sort of so middle, the middle Eastern. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's made out of chickpeas and herbs and spices, and it's like a it's like a burger, but it's all out of chickpeas. It's gorgeous. So I, it's I, I not love it. it's bangers and mash. Uh, it's, no, 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 it's no. not. What's that stuff? What's that awful stuff that you guys eat um, in Scotland? Well, quite a lot of that. <laughs> oh gosh, haggis. 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 It's not haggis. Oh. It's not oh. haggis. I had to eat a lot of that as a child. I haven't been back and revisited that for a long time now. It's funny because when we have Victoria on for Horse and Country TV on Hit Up, you probably heard her. She loves haggis. Mm, absolutely. Uh, she loves haggis. Well, and it's like, mm, It's an acquired taste. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> it, it, I, I had to look it up. It, it's it, They call it a savory pudding, so yeah. obviously it's not sweet, containing sheep's pluck. I don't even want to know what sheep's pluck is. No, you don't want to know what's in haggis. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Suet. It's, it, um, oh. Okay, so that answers our next question, which is what would be your least favorite food? So I'm just going to file that uh, <laughs> right there. Well, I'm going to say, and I don't know if you have that over there, quiche. Do you ever have quiche? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I cannot. There's something about it. it just the texture. Oh, yeah, you're no, in there with Jennifer and won't eat quiche either. Oh, <laughs> so. no, come on. Good you know, oh, most no. people have, when we ask them their question, what's their least favorite food, typically the answer has to do more with texture than it does with taste. You're right. Yeah. yeah, I think I think texture is so important, which is why I like sort of all the Middle Eastern foods and the vegan foods, because it's very much about texture as well as taste. I do mm. like, I like a bit of texture. That's a good point, Helene. I didn't think about that. I'm paying attention, yeah, you know. Sometimes I'm, yeah. sometimes <laughs> I'm in the room. room. <laughs> I'm in the room <laughs> occasionally. What is... What is your biggest equestrian pet peeve? Oh, I'm going to go with ego. I think people whose egos are too big, I feel very sorry for their horses. Because mm. a lot of people I see over here, they, they let their ego take over. So if they're at a show and something goes wrong, rather than listening to the horse and thinking, why does it go wrong? They, they 
bit heavy on the horse, and I hate that. Absolutely hate it. Because I just, yeah, ego is um, is a big problem. And we all suffer from it a bit, um, but it's when it gets out of control, I don't like it. Yeah, you have to keep that ego in check. And if not, your horse will put you mm. on the ground and do it for you. Well, hopefully, but sometimes they don't. I just feel so sorry for them. And you just think, oh, just, you know, fuck them off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they don't. It's amazing. <laughs> I've been lucky enough to have my horse do it for me. I've had a few dirt sandwiches <laughs> My ego, and so then you're like, okay, whoa, Lena, your ego's coming up. Gotta yeah. get that away. I just want to say the Horse Radio Network does not condone horses uh, bucking humans off. I'm just saying it. Yeah, just that clear for all the horses listening. We don't encourage that. Really? Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. There's a couple of people I might encourage you for. Okay. Fiona, do you have a favorite professional or celebrity equestrian? I couldn't decide between Monty Roberts or Buck Brannaman. Uh, we can put them equal. We'll give you both. Yeah. You're good. You. Yeah. Buck is one of my favorites, too. What yeah. career, other than one photographing horses, might you like to try? This is going to sound funny. I would love to be working in fashion or beauty because I've always been the one who turns up to school and I'd be dirty and I'd have hay in my hair and I'd always be the one that always just looked like I've been dragged to a hedge backwards and it'd just be nice just once to kind of be glamorous I've never heard that go, before that, nice. that <laughs> but, you know what Fiona that's what hunt ball is for but, oh god even then I still couldn't scrub up well I tell you it's just not in my makeup so I'd love to learn about that sort of industry and then just wow people and they'd be like wow who's she <laughs> so okay then that begs the question if you want a million dollars what would you do with it Oh, I would go and take one of Monty's courses. I'd love, love, love to do one of those. Oh, at the go farm in California? Farm. Oh, yeah. yeah. It just sounds so amazing. When Jamie was over there, I just, I was hooked, absolutely hooked to every minute she was talking about it because it was just, I was so jealous. It would just be so amazing to, to work with him and to see him and to ride the horses and to, to learn from the man himself would just be bliss. So that's what mm -hmm. I'd spend some money on. What is the most terrifying thing you've ever done, and would you do it again? <laughs> Getting on my horse every day. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently you'll do it again because you keep doing it. I will do it again. <laughs> I tell you, you've got to keep getting back on. <laughs> yes, that's definitely the thing. Sometimes I will be standing there taking deep breaths thinking, okay, it's going to be fine. You have to talk yourself into it. It's going to be fine. Don't let him know that you're scared. It's fine. And so, yeah, you just get on and do it. It's, uh, it's so rewarding afterwards, but at the time you're like, why am I doing this? I've got a dry mouth. I can't swallow. Okay. <laughs> what am I, I doing you know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw something in, and this will not be popular among some people. Okay. We're not getting any younger. Life is short. Maybe it's time to move this one on to somebody who can work <laughs> with it, and you just get the nice, quiet one. Wouldn't that be nice, Glenn? Yes. But there's something about us women that won't am, do these things. I am good, and I'm sure that I am not the only horse husband that has brought that up, am I? No. No, exactly. I didn't think so. It always so. seems to fall on, it falls on deaf ears, though, doesn't it? It's strange. Yeah, that. for some we, reason, yeah. much of what we say does, yes. But yes. he's so pretty. I'm going to keep him. Oh, God. <laughs> he's so pretty. He deserves me. Oh, God. Oh, definitely. Let's move on. <laughs> What's your husband's phone number? I'm going to be calling him poor guy. No, no, you never need to speak to him. He's fine. He's fine in his own little world. Fine. If you could ask, I'm going to pick one for you because I'm feeling a oh, little God. naughty myself. If you okay. could ask, I'm going to say, riffraff. 
If you could ask Riff Raff a question, what would you ask him? Right, this is a bit of a somber one because I've been having to think about this. If I had to ask Riffy a question, I would ask him to give me a sign for when his time is up. Because I'm so scared about keeping him too long for my own sake that I want him to tell me well, when he's ready to go. Helena mm. and I believe that your pets do tell you. So I honestly yeah, believe I hope so. he, he will tell you. He will tell I you. I yep. promise you that. He will tell you. Yep. Now, sometimes we it's don't just listen. It's keeping your emotions in check, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yourself, you sort of when you care so much, when you care mm. that much, Fiona, you somehow have the ability to compartmentalize your own need to keep them around and your watchful eye will know. You'll be able to read. Yeah. You, you can put your, your own needs aside and see what's best for them. Not every horse owner can do that. But you, you know mm. there's that we love them, we care about them. But then there's that extra level of love, care, and concern. And that's what I believe enables you to compartmentalize what you want out of his life with you and your life with him versus what he needs. Yeah. And that'll give you yeah. the opportunity to see when he's telling you. I hope so. I'm sure he will. Very good. <sighs> okay, sorry. He will. No, no that, that's it's something we all have to deal tone. with, though, right? It's, it's sweet True. and it's meaningful and, you know, it's... That's why we're here. We just isn't had it? to do it with our cat, you know, and he told us. I oh. mean, he was walking across yeah. the floor, falling over, and he looked up at us, and I said, Well, oh. that's it. You know, he's telling us, Like, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, so mm. I think you do know, you know, that I, I really do. I think you do know. Have, mm. uh, you know, uh, is everybody guilty of saying, Oh, no, 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 no. He's not telling us, and yeah. then we wait too long? Yes, all of us are guilty of that. Uh, yeah. Because that was what makes us c- compassionate humans, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Ah, well, it's well, nice to know that you have such an interesting relationship with Roly Poly and a very <laughs> sell the sucker, sell the sucker, and move on. Very satisfying. <laughs> He's trying to tell you what something. Happens, He's yeah, telling he might, you. What happened to you? He's looking <laughs> at you, you bucking your horrible? ass off, and then saying, "Sell me, and I'll move on." <laughs> That should be my question to him, shouldn't it? What do yes. you want from me? And yeah. say, get rid of me. Yes, just sell me to somebody else. I don't like it here. I'm going to torment some other woman who has a husband. Oh, so, can you just imagine? Just coming from the horse husband's point of view. That's all. Of course. What's yeah, your I'm, website? I'm it just as I do. Where can people find your art? They find me at fionacrawford.co.uk. Very good. Thank you, Fiona. We appreciate you being a listener, and we appreciate you joining us. It was lovely to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me on. It's been great fun. This product today is sponsored by Horselovers.com. And they sent us, a uh, Helena, a product for review. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about the Da Vinci Fancy Raised Padded Comfort, <laughs> oh God, Comfort Crown Bridal. Wow. Big long name. <laughs> with Fancy Raised Lace Reins. That is a long name. It's essentially, um, it's a raised padded bridal, which... I think it's is a lovely. fancy raised padded bridle. Fancy means it's got stitching on the brow band yes. and the nose band. Yes. That's in my experience. That's what you get. 
So, um, yeah, so it's a really nice bridle for the price point. Um, now, as most people who've shopped for tack know that you, there's always good, better, and best. And the best seems to be way beyond my financial reach. But um, so I usually shop for value, right? Quality for the price point. This is one of the nicer bridles I've found in the under $100 price point. And it runs about $89, I think. Yep. Um, Horselovers.com has it advertised for $88.99. And um, gosh, okay, so the the leather is really nice. I take it out of the package. Now, most of us don't, you don't have to work with a bridle when it's new, except for once. You know, it's not like we're in the business of bringing home new bridles like the way we are new saddle pads. It's not something that goes through your tack room on a regular basis. But I have to say that the leather, the quality of the leather was nice enough in that setting it up for the first time, fitting it on my horse, you know, putting it together, fitting it on my horse, making the adjustments was easy. You know, um, fastening stiff as a board. No, fastening and unfastening the buckles didn't make me want to swear. (laughs) Um, I got the horse size for Brody who is, um, he's about 15, three, 15, two, um, with an average size horse head, not small by any means. So the horse size bridle, I think, is sized a little generously. But what does that mean? The I don't like a lot of extra straps when I buckle up my bridle, you know, when I fit my bridle. Like, you, you know, don't like the, the dangly ends? I don't like the dangly ends. You know, obviously there's keepers on this, which work very well, but I don't like a lot of extra strap. So um, I would be interested to see if the next size down would work. A cob size? Cob size. But um, what you might want to do is just measure your horse's face. You know, I think it's a good idea to do anyway. You take a string and you measure it around your horse's uh, forehead, around his um, throat latch. And then sometimes I just call the company and say, these are my horse's measurements. Which size would you recommend? Right. Um, But it's not... You know, it's not huge. It's not big by any means. Anyway, I like the bridle so much that I'm happy to deal with a little extra strappage. Good. It has um, the crown piece is padded, which is really nice. It has the white stitching, the contrast stitching, which I think is kind of cool. I'm a contrast kind of person. It's a little chic. The, um, what else? The hardware is stainless steel. Hello. Thank you very much which is really good, especially in these coastal areas. Um, What else do I like about it? It's got the braided reins. Now, I've been riding with rubber reins for a long time, big, thick rubber reins. And so I put these lace reins in my hands, and I was like, oh, I remember these. Way better. So much nicer to ride with lace reins. You still get the feel. Like, I really like – I don't like smooth reins because um, I really like to kind of – I move my hands around a lot which is not good, but I move them around for good reasons. And and so I like to know where they are, and I like the feel of the lace reins under them. It gives me a little bit of grip, blah, blah, blah. You know, you either like the lace reins or you don't, but it was nice for me to move from the rubber grip reins into the lace reins again. And It is funny how we get used to reins. Uh, I also use rubber reins, and you get used to reins, and then you just don't want to try something. And now totally. here you had to. So it was like, oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> well, I, because I was so used to the rubber reins, I'm like, there's no way I, I would go back to laced reins. Right. And um, 
they're they're just they're a lot less intrusive than the rubber reins. You don't even realize that the rubber reins are bothering you until you try lace reins. Yeah, you've been using them for so long. They're just, they are what they are, you know? But I remember the first time I went to the rubber reins, I was like, oh, it's like holding, you know, coffee cans in my hand. These are so big and chunky. But the other thing I liked about it was the color. So this, the color that I got, I think is like a chestnut. Yeah, that's what they have. And it goes really well with my Bates saddle. Oh, cool. Yeah. So sometimes the color of the bridal leather is, is just, it's tanned in a way that it really doesn't go with any tack that you have. But other times they can mix in softer red tones or brown tones with their colors that make it match pretty much whatever you have. Unless you have a black saddle, you know, right. and you're going with a chestnut or a Havana. Um, I found that the tan, the tanning process, some tack manufacturers can sort of adjust the the color combination so that the the bridle works with a variety of saddle colors. And, and this, this is, is one of those? Oh, good. Yeah. Yep. Good. Well, very good. That's the Da Vinci Fancy Raised Padded Comfort Crown Bridle with Fancy Reins. <laughs> fancy Laced Reins. <laughs> An excellent, excellent buy, especially for the price. Like, even if it wasn't this value, at, you know, I don't want to call it economy bridle because it's not even close to that. It's just really nicely priced. So I would probably get this even if it was priced a little bit higher than what uh, Horse Lovers has it at. All right. $89 is where you can get it. Uh, Price-wise, go to horselovers.com. We'll post a link to it in our Facebook page and also on our show notes at stablescoop.com for this episode. You'll, we'll post a link directly to the product. So if you're, if you're out cleaning stalls or you're driving down the road, you can just hop on over there for that. And uh, we want to thank horselovers.com. From muck boots, to, muck boots to supplements, Horse Lovers has it all. You can shop top brands you know and trust at horselovers.com. And there, there's a 10% coupon. Don't forget that. Right now going on, there's a 10% coupon, as I said earlier in the show. So uh, use the key uh, the coupon code hrn for horse radio network just hrn and you'll get 10 percent off your next order and that's only good through may 31st so get your order in today you only have a couple days left well helena thank you so much again it's been good talking to you remind everybody where they can hear your other show my other show can be found at thatnewportshow.com thatnewportshow.com is where you can hear it and also, you can find all of our show notes at stablescoop.com. We, uh, you can also find us on our app, the HRN app. It's free and easy to use at iOS or Android. Doesn't matter. Just search for Horse Radio Network. If you haven't updated the app and you already have it, go in and do the updates because we have all the new shows on there. Plus, you can listen to the live morning show and any live special events that we do now right on the app. And apparently, it works very well. People are saying the sound is even better than listening on your computer. So, uh, it seems to be it seems to be a hit. Wonderful. That's it for this week. That was plenty. But there will be more next week. Until then, happy scooping.